Our mission is to, to serve. have the lowest number of customer complaints. Our first responsibility is to the We haven't mentioned anything about integrity. That's what it's all about. We're providing entertainment solution. Changing corporate America, one owner at a time. This is The Darren Martin Show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so your son Jordan told you to quit talking about ACDC? He said it dates us a little bit. Did we want to be in the cool crowd. We want to be in with the millennials. Did he not say anything about your oh, yeah? You don't like the oh, show? yeah. Is that every, it's not every show. Okay, I'm switching it. I think it, it is. The- I'm going to give you two other options. Okay. I can start with Cowabunga, <laughs> which I haven't said or heard that word in like forever. Uh, or I can start with all right, all right, all right. Wow. Let's just stick with the oh, yeah. At least okay. it's, at least it's original it's, it's, you. Hey, it's branded at this point. It's For the trademark. record, I'm a millennial, and I, I implemented the mandatory ACDC track each week. So you can okay, blame me. Yeah, awesome. Guys, yeah. We love the ACDC Kevin, track. Kevin, are Jordan you really Gorley. a millennial? Are you really a millennial? Yeah. What's the cutoff? 1980. I was okay. born in 85. Okay. So well, I'm yeah, in there. Okay. You're clearly a, a so millennial. So okay. Kevin E, producer a millennial. So today... I am excited about the show, as I always am, but we're going to talk about a little thing called cognitive bias. Okay. Cognitive bias. So so Dr. Martin explained to us what a cognitive bias okay, is. Okay, so bear with me. I'm reading this definition. Uh, a cognitive bias refers to a systematic pattern of deviation from norm or rationality and judgment whereby references about other people and situations may be drawn in an illogical fashion. Individuals create their own subjective social reality in their perception of the input. Was that funny when you were thinking about it? <laughs> Kevin, thank I you for the background noises. Yes. I nodded off a little That's bit. That's a snoozer that, of a definition. So what is a cognitive bias? Cognitive bias is the fact that we all walk around with our own little brains, our own little ideas, and we filter information. It's like pre-programming. It's like we're programmed to see things a certain way, whether that's right or not. Absolutely. And that happens all the time in the workplace. It happens in our personal lives. I mean, you know, there's a there. I, I, I want to later in the show, after we do some of the official ones, I want to talk about some some cognitive biases that we would make up. Right. right. Sure. Like that. Uh, I'm sure there's a word for this one or a name for this one. But uh, the folks in the bar look increasingly more attractive the later at night it gets yeah would you say that's a legitimate cognitive bias what's what's the old adage she was a she was a two at ten and a ten at two i think that's actually a country and western song it should be if it's not so my uh friend who i got had the opportunity to introduce and i'm really excited about uh knowing this guy matt tinney yeah. Wrote a book called The Mindfulness Edge, How to Rewire Your Brain for Leadership and Personal Excellence. Okay. We're not talking about mindfulness today. Okay. Okay. I'm just referencing, he's got some pages sure. in here on cognitive bias. But we are going to talk about, uh, maybe even the next show, we're going to talk about mindfulness. Okay. And I happen to be a big fan of it. Sure. And you think it's that's not silliness. true. I, no, I that's think it not is true. true. I think intellectual rigor and honesty demands we question all these big, huge trends that come down the pike. Okay, well, when you came on, you get ready because I'm bringing John Cabot Zinn and Matt Tinney and Osho, and I may have uh, our friend Ajay in studio with us. Wow. Yeah, it's and on it, the other side of the desk, just me. 
and just you with yeah. my doubts. But and and I'm bringing science because that's actually what's okay, in yeah. Tenney's book. It's not a it's not a spiritual okay. book about mindfulness. But at any rate, so cognitive bias. I'm gonna lay a few of these on you, and I want you to think about situations where okay. you may see these coming into play. Okay, right. So the first one that Tenney talks about is the illusion of control bias. Okay. He says, this bias results in unconsciously believing that the more resources we apply to a given task, the better the outcome will be. Right. Okay. So do we, you know, this obviously can cost companies a lot of yeah, money. Yeah, because we just start throwing money at a problem instead of looking for the simple solution that may be far more cost effective cut straight to the chase yes or sometimes it's better to cut your losses and just go but people are we've got this sunk cause we've already put so much money into it we just need to you know so i I actually ran into this exact thing recently where a guy said hey we we hired i hired 20 people and turns out 12 of them are bad well why did you hire those 12 bad well we budgeted to hire 20 people because we need 20 people to get the job done so you have a bias that says we need X number of bodies when what you really need are X number of smart people. Right. But you're trying to fill quotas or you're trying, you're trying to, fill, to yeah, yeah. you know, meet a deadline. So right. you just start, you know, throwing stuff up sure. against the wall and seeing a stick. And it's not just money. It's right. resources, resources, also Absolutely. people, and people are money, right? Because they, they, if they are being applied to do a certain job and they could be doing something else, that is misapplied resources. Absolutely. If really what the outcome is going to be of you know said project is not is not uh, where you want to go Absolutely. anyway. Okay, the status quo bias okay. results in unconsciously making decisions that conform to the status quo. Right. This bias is quite strong in most people because as humans, we tend to have a strong unconscious need to fit in. We generally don't like to do things that could result in being ostracized from the group. This is where groupthink comes from, right? Which right. was uh, chronicled back, I think it was the Bay of Pigs incident where we first came up with groupthink. Right. And the idea was that if you get a bunch of people in a room and everybody starts saying red or go or whatever the case may be sure. or, or around the decision, if there's enough people that you know opt for that or vote for that, everybody else will kind of fall in line. Right. And and what they found with the Bay of Pigs was that everybody in the room, if you were to uh, you know talk to them separately, they'd say no, big dis- uh, you know big mistake. We sure. don't think we're making the right decision. But that whole cognitive bias of just eh, I want to go along to get along yeah. influenced people in such a way that if they, the other if the other five people are agreeing this is a good idea, then wow. It, Almost has to be a good idea. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. absolutely. Did, did you see the uh, the Brad Pitt zombie movie? What was it called? Uh, World War Z. World War Z. Of course, I did. Okay, so they actually talk in there about this uh, this council or something. There are ten people on the council. Right. If nine people agree on something, the ten person tenth person to talk about is obligated to say no. We're not right. going and give the counter argument just to right. protect against that. Okay, the logic bias. The logic bias indicates the types of information a person trusts when he or she makes a decision. What do they trust? So some people are more analytical and place a lot of value on detailed data from sources they believe to be official or scholarly, and they don't trust other sources of information. Right. Other people trust more gut resources. Right. And this sounds like social styles, right? Sure. That if you're talking about an analytical, if you're talking about a driver, they want more data. Our, our style of communication is setting us up for the information we're willing to receive and give credence to. Yeah. 
So how much data um, usage do you see out there in the companies you're dealing with and in the places? Are they making decisions based off data? Or are they making decisions, uh, you know, logical? Or are they making it based off gut and feel in your experience? I think a lot of the time it comes down to, to the leader that's ultimately making that call. So a lot of times it, it's that what whatever level of comfort that leader has with going with a gut decision as opposed to a data-driven decision. I don't think we're making probably data decisions often enough or all too often we're looking at wrong data. We're measuring it wrong. But I think a lot of it has to do with how that leader makes decisions, how they communicate determines how they how much credence they do or do not give to data. Okay, absolutely. And I think that uh, you know I see typically with companies I'm dealing with that there's a lot of emotion involved, there's a lot of other stuff involved, and they end sure. up chasing off down the wrong hill because it's... it's we discount the data because we dislike the person delivering the data. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so when we come back, let's. I want to talk more personally about some of the experiences we see and people dealing with. Sure. Got one more to share and uh, more on cognitive biases when we come back. I'll read the definition again, too, if you want me to. I've already had my nap. Don't go anywhere. More of the Darren Martin... <clears throat> oh, sh- Sorry. More of the Darren Martin Show coming up. You're listening to the Darren Martin Show. All right, all right, all right. Stick with oh yeah. Okay. So By the way, Jordan, this ACDC tune's for you. Yeah. Thank you for throwing that out there. He'll love that. Okay. So we were talking about cognitive biases. I have one more. Okay. And then we'll just ramp this thing up because right. it's getting boring to me. Okay. <laughs> the log- uh, I'm sorry. The reaction time bias. Okay. This one affects the speed with which a person takes action. And it dawns on me that all these biases actually are pretty heavily styles influenced. Which these are little programs running in our brain. They are. And that, some, that are governing how we take information in, how we process, how we decide. These are these are all the little subroutines running around that are affecting how we're making decisions, what we're deciding to do. That's that's what they are at the end of the day. Okay, so some people's bias is don't make a decision until you are 100% sure and you have yeah. all of the relevant information. Right. Other people err in the direction of, eh, if I've my, got 80% of it, this is enough. If my gut says go, I'm going. Yeah, if my gut says go, I'm going. Absolutely. Off the and, cliff. But these can be, when we're talking about, you know, C-suite type folks. Sure. I mean, it's one thing if you're making a decision that's $1,000. It's another thing if it's a million-dollar budget that you're spending and, you know, how quickly you're reacting. And I think people, by and large, believe that they are always making logical decisions. Yeah. And they f- they kind of leave out this thing that we all have these cognitive biases that come into play. Yeah, and and, and just to kind of drill down a little bit and get a, a, a bias, a cognitive bias is something you believe in your brain that is running almost as a subroutine under the surface. You're not even cogent in the moment. That's a lot of big words in one sentence. I am a fairly erudite man. <laughs> Yeah. So, but if, uh, to translate what Kevin just said, you're not even thinking in the moment, right? Right. Uh, th- that was actually very well put. By Thank the way. you. Yeah, I appreciate that. So, but this is stuff that just—if you've read—have you read the book Blink 
Malcolm yes, Gladwell. Absolutely. Okay. Whoa. What an amazing, I mean, I yeah. loved that book because Gladwell pointed out over and over again, yes. how you don't think you have certain prejudices or you yep. don't think you have certain biases, but, but they're the, there. The reality is they're, they're there. Governing actions, which little quick aside, if Malcolm Gladwell ever hears this, I've read everything Malcolm Gladwell ever wrote and I've read it multiple times and I'm a huge fan and this is a shameless suck up. Okay. <laughs> Little shout out to to Mr. Gladwell. So, um so let me let me throw out a couple others. Okay. The hotness bias. Do you think that people treat the automatic this is the automatic perception women have about me? Yes, that's what it is. That's exactly what we're talking about. Do you think people's perception of how another person looks, whether it be uh, without question? Okay, so I, I, I'm answering a question that you didn't even ask because we both know what you're talking about. Are attractive people treated better than so-called unattractive people? Is that kind of what you're asking? Yes, exactly. Absolutely. I without mean, without Mar- question. Marilyn Manson, the beautiful people, the beautiful people, right? Yeah, absolutely. That the way a person perceives you, do you think generally well-dressed people get treated better than not so well-dressed people? Without question. Here comes, this is from a really personal place, so I used to be a really fat guy. Yeah. Uh, you knew me back in the day when I was a really fat guy, north of 300 pounds. And I have I carved all that weight off for over a decade. I've kept it off, and now I'm the lean, svelte, sexy figure you see sitting here. I can tell you, as a public speaker, as a trusted advisor, my credibility went up as the pounds came down. And it was frustrating to me because I'm the same guy. My brain's the same. But and it's is it fair? Is it not fair? I don't know. Okay. I, but that it is a reality. I would argue that probably what else was going on was your confidence level went up. You were delivering Possibly. at a different, you know, at a, from a different place, because. So I, I uh, Tuesday night I was at this little deal over at the Ritz, a little networking thing. A bunch of business people, really sharp dressed guy came in. Um, I have lunch with him next week. He's a, he's a clothier. Okay? okay, he evidently clothes a lot of people in Dallas. Okay. A lot of heavy hitters. And he was telling me about a study they did. Is he going to help you out a little with your fashion? <laughs> Kevin Burgess is lecturing me on fashion. Is that what's happening right now? Not at all. Not okay. at all. Not so, at all. yes, he might. So, at any rate, his name is Bob, by the way. Okay. Really nice guy. But he told me about a study they did where they actually took two people. These were models. Okay. okay. These were close to looking like each other models. Right. And they gave them one resume was like stellar, okay, off the chart. The other one was, yeah, it was okay. One guy they put in a super, I mean, this thing was fit yeah. to the T. The, the length was just right on the, on, the, on the suit and everything else. The other guy just looked frumpy. I mean, it yeah. kind of balled, you know, not uh, balled up, but whatever, yeah. down on his shoes. You know, you had the waves down there where yeah. the pants were too long. Yeah. The sleeves were not a little too long. Not as neatly tailored. Not as neatly tailored. And they put those two guys and had them interview for a certain position, unbeknownst to the interviewer. And what they found out was the guy with the stellar resume that was not dressed as nicely, yeah. the other guy got the job. Sure. And when they set these folks down and say, hey, look, what what's the deal here? Clearly, this right. person is better qualified for the job. And guess what? They made things up. They were like, well, no, you know, people justify their decisions. Sure. I mean, justifications of former cog- cognitive bias. Let me ask you a question, not not to throw you. So, we're not. I'm not entirely sure where we get all these biases. Do you think sometimes we program them into ourselves? 
Absolutely. So I've, I've done this in training, just talking about how we set up encounters with other people. If I come in the office and Susie annoys me, I can say two things about that. I can say Susie annoyed me, or I can say Susie's annoying. Right. If Big I make, difference. If I give her that identity, I've now created a bias within myself towards Susie. And guess what you're going to expect? I'm going to expect her to, to be annoying, and I'm going to posture myself differently towards her the next time I interact with her. And that and just that, becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. It reinforces right? the bias that I coded into myself. Do we do it, Darren, when we look at things and go, and I, I'm not sure where I read this. I think it was it was uh, Sinek that maybe said this. But how we talk about things, oh, wow, this is really hard. Yes. So now I've created a bias around this thing that may or may not be hard, but I've is that kind of what we're talking yeah. about? We're creating well, you, these biases. Yeah. So, you know, I'm a big believer in all of that and the, you know, uh, law of attraction or whatever sure. we want to call it. But that idea that what you tell yourself over and over again, I was talking to a friend this week, trying to get a job and she was saying, I'm never going to get a job. I'm never going to get a job. I said, look, you're telling yourself that yeah. your brain is going to fully cooperate. Yeah. I, and, I, and by reinforcing sure. that you're setting yourself up to not get a job. Basically. I think we think our brain is in charge. Our brain is actually like our CO. Yes. It's looking to us for direction, and whatever we tell it, it then goes out and executes. Right, which means that we can also program out these cognitive biases to a right. certain extent and maybe sure. program in better cognitive biases. Sure. Instead of, you know, the world's out to screw me over, the world is in my favor. Well, I think a cognitive bias can be positive or negative. We just we just have to determine which, which direction we want to go with it. Absolutely, and they're either... Uh, uh, benefiting us sure. benefiting other people or they are just taking us down setting a, us up a, a slippery for failure slope. Yeah. or success absolutely okay so more anecdotes and i want to talk you just found a really cool uh website yeah. that we need to mention and also i'm a fan of i am a fan of i got a good one don't go anywhere more of the darren martin show coming up You're listening to the Darren Martin Show. Darren Martin, Kevin Burgess, talking about cognitive biases. Do you think managers treat uh, people they like? Differently and uh, than people they don't like. Of course. Okay, that's kind of a no-brainer, I mean, yeah, right? Absolutely. But sometimes is the person they don't like, right? Absolutely. Okay, and this one gets a little tricky because sometimes managers like people because they're good performers, they make great sure. decisions, but it can definitely you tend to give that person more the benefit of the doubt, whereas somebody that you already have a bias against. So. It's the rare person that can really elevate above that kind of personal bias. Which, by the way, there's a great article in Psychology Today uh, written by Jim Taylor where he talks about the 12 cognitive biases that most often lead to bad decisions in companies. What are they, Kevin Burgess? I'm glad you ask. Knee-jerk bias, make fast and intuitive decisions when we really need a slow, deliberate process. Okay, we need to do a whole show on styles, but drivers in particular, yeah, expressives this, are really yeah. bad about that. Okay. Occam's razor bias, when we assume the most obvious decision is the best decision. 
And it may not always be the case, yeah, although that's a, that's a pretty good maxim. Yeah. But Silo effect, when we use too narrow an approach to oh making a decision. Oh, my goodness. Silos, ooh, yeah. I talk about them a lot in company of owners. Yeah. And silos are the death of any company, Absolutely. and I see them all not over the all place. The, the left hand does not know what the right hand's yep. doing. Okay. Uh, confirmation bias, uh, fo- where we focus on information that, that already affirms an assumption we have. So we're looking at a confirmation bias. We ignore the stuff that might challenge our assumptions. Right. And I would also, and this may be one of them, but when I hear confirmation bias, I also think, well, if the boss likes it, it's probably the right thing to do. <laughs> sure. Or if somebody with a lot of uh, you know, pull right. likes it, then right. it's probably the best decision. Yeah. And that's not always the case. And, and as consultants who advise companies, sometimes that puts us in a really awkward position of of having to say hey i know so and so who sits in the c-suite is a huge fan yeah but i'm here to tell you the truth and it, it, it can be a pretty pretty tricky tightrope to walk at times yeah i'm uh i'm i'm maybe doing a ted talk and i'm working on one to do that's going to be very controversial along those regards but there are a lot of people that have taken the opposite position so yeah. it could get interesting yeah. okay one more myopia bias when we see and interpret the world through a narrow lens of our own experience our, and I think this is so common. Our own experience, our own baggage, our own belief, our own assumptions. We have a myopia bias. Okay, the more mature a person is, the less they do that in my yeah. experience. And the broader their experience. This is why I think travel, reading, everything you can do to broaden who you are, hang out with people that are not like you. Absolutely. Um, whether that's generationally or culturally. Um, I think the C-suite guys need to hang out with the hourly guys. The hourly guys need to hang out with the C-suite guys. I, I think... You get a different yeah, worldview. You've got to see the world yeah, differently. Absolutely. Is that it? That's Wait, it. That was all. That was That's, that wasn't twelve. Uh, we did. We did. Knee jerk. Occam's razor. Silo effect. Confirmation. Inertia. Bias. When we think and feel and act in ways that are familiar, comfortable, okay. predictable. Yeah. Take the this yeah. easiest route. Okay. Yep. Good. Yeah. Good. Love it. So these things all come in and uh, impact. Now, I want to. I want to shift just a little bit. Okay. Can Can I read a Facebook post? That I made. Rock and roll. Okay. So this one's got, it got like 240 likes, 15 or more shares, maybe 20, 25 shares. Well, let's put this in perspective. You have how many tens of thousands of Facebook friends? Uh, it's not, you can only have 5,000. Oh, so I'm right up against that limit. But here, so I was, I was texting. There was a guy from a client company uh, that we've gotten to be kind of friends and he was texting something and he told a story about meeting Robert Heinlein in the airport. Okay. Okay. So he said, uh, if I knew what I knew now, he said, I went up and told him the book I was reading. He's a really cool guy. He said, if I knew what I knew now, I would have talked to him longer. But I was 18 at the time. And that was before I knew that missing a plane or that's back when I was 18. I thought missing a plane was a really big deal. Right. Okay. So it just kind of inspired me because I thought, yeah, you know, you're talking to Robert Heinlein. You missed the plane. So I posted this thing and here's what it said. What? I remember this. Go ahead. Oh, you saw this. Okay. Yeah. These are not big deals. Yeah. Missing a flight, spilling something, looking, quote, stupid, yep. being criticized, getting a C when you're used to all A's, not knowing something, being wrong, not being the bell of the ball, losing a job, not knowing what the future holds, being ignored, passed over, forgotten, not being good, pretty, smart, whatever enough, fill in the blank. And then I went on to say, your worth is not defined by any of these things. You're magnificent beyond description. You're unique, ordained, assigned, chosen, so just be you. And forget about all that other noise. Comparison cripples, compassion conquers. You are love, so stop fretting, worrying, and demeaning yourself. Just be and know that is enough. Can I hug you? 
<laughs> so one of my other uh, client company people yeah. uh, who, anyway, I won't, I'll tell you off the air what he <laughs> okay. texted me, okay. but it was, it was a little uh, demeaning. Like, dude, okay. really? What? Yeah. Uh, so my soft side came out. Okay. Sure. It was just, so what was interesting though, as a Rorschach test of just, you know, measuring this is a lot of people came on and said, love it. This is brilliant. Yeah. And then some people got really upset with it. Like, Hey, I just lost my job, which I get that by the way. It's a big Someone, deal. Yeah. yeah, it is a big deal. And I, but to me, the post did not imply at all that I was trying to be insensitive or sure. say, I'm saying, look, life is bigger and it's okay. And, but it, you know, fired off quite the response. We hear everything through filters. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's how this ties in because it's those biases that we have sure. that take something someone may even mean as a compliment, but it comes off to you as, you know, a criticism. We both do a fair degree of public speaking, whether that's conferences or training. And it, it is amazing to me. And I, years ago, I really struggled with this. People would hear things that I never said and then it, then it came to me one day, they are hearing through enormous filters. Huge filters. Okay, and, so yeah. you, uh, I think what we would encourage everybody to do is particularly in the workplace, but even in your personal life, look for those filters. Check look your for bias the, at yeah, the door. Check your bias at the door and retrain your biases. Yes. So if they are biases that are not serving you well, you right. know, the, I've always said the, bad, the world's a bad, scary place and everybody's out to get you. That's not a good cognitive no. bias. That's going to set sure, you up. For make fate. sure your map matches reality. If you're trying to get around Atlanta, you don't want a map of Chicago. Make I sure love your it. mental map matches the reality you're functioning in. Brilliant. Okay, so we're winding up. I'm a fan of. I'm a fan. Okay, this month it's going to come in the category of late to the party, and I apologize. I like to be on the cutting edge of culture and fashion and thought. I'm late to the party on this one. The show Ray Donovan on Showtime. Oh my God some live schreiber it is fantastic it's dark it's edgy it's violent uh all the things that i like i'm sorry uh but it is just fantastic john voight has the role of a lifetime if you want to binge watch something over a long weekend get you some ray donovan okay awesome so and you were busting me out because you asked if i had seen um uh, the Sopranos. Yes. And I totally missed The Sopranos. I'm not only late to the game, but I just completely missed that. There you go. All right. So I am a fan of my new watch that I picked up a little, little, uh, this is super little, cool, by the little way. public fair thing going on. Uh, and it basically, can you tell me what time it is? The time is now. Okay. Uh, all right. We waited a few seconds. Now what is it? The time is now. The time is what now? Now. Okay. So... This is what I love about this watch. This watch was basically created to to get you to every time you go to look to say what time is it? It's like now. And you yeah. know when we when we talk about uh, mindfulness and all that stuff that I love so much and that you're going to disparage on the show, it's the watch is by a group called Matters Matters Brand. Uh, it's matters.com. I don't know how they got matters.com. I don't but know. That's, I, love that. yeah, I yeah, wish yeah. I had that URL. So, and you can, there's a little thing that's not working for me. I got to get this fixed, but you can write a little message and, and put it oh, in cool. the back and it, you know, wear it against your wrist to remind you to whatever's important sure. to you. All right. Well, that is, is a wrap. What time is it? What time will we finish it's the now. show? Now. The time is now. The time is now. Love it. Peace out. For more information on The Darren Martin Show, visit darrenmartin.com. That's D-A-R-E-N, martin.com. And get social with us on Facebook and Twitter.